smell the great pump in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Morning campers, welcome once again to a very, very, very good podcast. <laughs> we are Sparta. How are we doing, boys? Most excellent, sir. Doing pretty good, except for this film I had to watch. But yeah, doing good. <laughs> Such a party pooper. Uh. You take out a naked Burt Lancaster, have I said too much? And and I don't know if this film's worth it, but but I, I should But we have that. So it's <laughs> so it is worth it then. Yeah. That was definitely the money shot in this <laughs> film. So uh yeah. So what are what are what are we talking about here, Matt? What, are, what you know, I'm sure they're just uh, bated breath, our audience now, like a naked Burt Lancaster. What are you guys watching? Well, uh we are watching the nineteen seventy eight Classic in air quotes, I guess. Um, go tell the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this mm, is and how this is a uh, big budget blockbuster, sort of uh, the lines of Rambo three spending. Yeah, this is a big. Uh, no, it's <laughs> to think that this came out the same year as uh, Deer Hunter, Coming Home, and one year prior to Apocalypse Now. All all of them dealing with <laughs> Vietnam. And just the feel and the look of this one is, you know, it sets it apart quite a bit from those other three that, that we're talking about. I think Bonanza had a bit bigger budget than this one. If I'm <laughs> like one episode mistaken. of Bonanza. The, exactly. I mean, um, I mean, Troy, you're pretty convinced by the, the scenery, right? Like this felt like it was, you really, it was s- really cool. Yeah, it was really. I mean, it almost seemed like it was California. <laughs> but wait, I think it was. Yeah. Is that better than Georgia? Or, yeah, right. This I guess is, there weren't any pine trees in this one, so that's cool. Yeah, this this had all the feel of a kind of uh Magnum PI episode or a kind of uh in terms of like It didn't set, even look that good. It didn't but, even look yeah, right, yeah. right. How dare you, um Eric. The uh yeah, it was very, very kind of like I mean I I've seen I've seen Three's Company episodes with better sort of like staging and like it was really um well, you can tell they had budget issues when Burt Lancaster had to personally bail them out for 150 grand just to make sure they finished the movie. So, and that was selling his nudes, you know. To <laughs> so, what was that website again, Eric? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Don't, don't, don't yeah. listen to them. There's not anything you want to see online. Yeah, with Burt Lancaster. Not. Whatever you do, to whatever not. you do, don't do not Google. Burt Lancaster's hog. Whatever. Yeah, you do. don't do that. Uh, just watch this film, and yeah, you'll get a you'll get a you'll get an eyeful. Um, so yeah, let, let's the 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 background of this is um, is kind of it's in it's in it's a fictitious event. It's a fictitious event, um, and it takes place. You know, before we you know, we've we've already trashed it a little bit, but let's let's say one thing that is quite interesting actually is that this takes place in 1964 so this is pre u.s ground troops being being sent to made in 1978 but said in 64 correct and so so we are seeing kind of the u.s as in their advisory role in south vietnam 
and you get to see a lot of the chaos and dysfunction of the South Vietnamese government as part of that. You get to see kind of, you know, all the hoops and string uh, that they have to jump through to, to I, I, you know, get troop movements and, and, and support and things like that. And, and it's, you can, you know, Bert, I think, does a really nice job of portraying the kind of, you know, the struggle of, of the U.S. in this early stage in Vietnam. Yeah, and it's you know this is a this is a when the U.S. is in Vietnam as quote unquote advisors, and so it's a it's trying to sort of set and it and it kind of really you know this so this is made in nineteen seventy eight so again think of think of the um, kind of the post mortem um, you know reflection about about Vietnam and this film was very much part of the and mm-hmm. and and it and it the key that it plays on the piano he- heavily is the you know the French um, made. We made the same mistakes that they did, right? And with the same outcomes, right? It's very, it's very much an anti-war movie. Um, it is a bit of a cult classic, like Vietnam War kind of cult classic. Um, and it got, you know, semi-favorable reviews. You know, they weren't glowing or anything, but um, better reviews than I think you guys are giving it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, um, so it, uh, the novel is uh, incident at Mukwa um, that it's that it's based on, and um, yeah, so so this is uh, this is sort of a script, and I guess I was reading that um, loosely based, yeah, loosely based that the producers wanted assistance from the army. This is a script that had been floating around in Hollywood for a while, and they said only if um, if modifications, script, and characters were made, and mm-hmm. um, and because the army's response was in 1964 was quote virtually all outstanding individuals handpicked for their jobs quite experienced in presenting an offhand collection of losers it is totally unrealistic of the army in vietnam in that period so they didn't like the army did not like this book and this depiction and i don't really like the depiction that much either so i'm yeah, going to i'm going to agree with reasons. the army <laughs> <laughs> yeah well for different yeah the the depiction is um not that great, but yeah, it uh, uh, it it um, it kind of uh, it falls into kind of a uh, I don't know, kind of a police academy like. Uh, this Who's the guy of, that does all the voices, <laughs> the sounds, sound effects? Yeah, uh, but like the 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 characters are like one woo. sort of just one, like the police academy. There's just one black guy. I yeah, mean, there's same, one black guy. Kind of no, screen. there's two in police academy. All of the all oh, there the, is okay. They got okay. You're right. <laughs> the one guy was like a football player, and then the other guy's the mm. sound effect guy. Yeah, that's I right. That that's was uh, Two Tall Jones, or I can't remember. What oh that was. yeah, that's, that's yeah. Right. Uh, Oilers, wasn't he? Uh, Steelers, I think. Or, was he Steelers? Yeah. Or, okay, we've got three that. guesses. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. Hey, uh, hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what team did Ed Two Tall Jones play for? <laughs> so, uh, um, but but it's you know this kind of like everyone has their one thing. You know, one guy is sort of the. Spacey LSD freak, you know. Yeah, which is just ugh. <laughs> one guy is the kind of naive um, idealist. Um, you know, they kind of uh, they're they're really they're there's really um, they 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 fall guilty of a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Um, well, should we should we jump in and then let's um, we can jump in and provide yeah yeah historical context and things as we as we progress here but so we're treated with an opening scroll 1954 the french lost their war to keep into china 
Created North and, Viet- North and South Vietnam. Yeah, lost the war to keep their Indo-Chinese colonies, and those colonies became North and South Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, faithful listeners to this podcast will know that that's pretty lazy history. <laughs> because there's only one colony in, in Indochina, Cochin, China, which is, you know, the far southern point of modern-day Vietnam. Annam and Tonkin, central and northern Vietnam, and Laos and Cambodia were protectorates. So let's get it together, people. This is basic stuff. I'm sure our fans have roasted them already. Um, And uh, the North aided a rebellion in the South. U.S. sent military advisors to help South Vietnam fight the communists. Uh, I didn't get it verbatim, is that... Uh, that is uh, basically what I have. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, once again, we're looking at that kind of military advisor role in this film. Was this, was this, oh, in 1964, the war in Vietnam was still a little one, confused and far away. Who are you reading that from? Is that from the, that's from that's the from credits from, to, the or credit? the opening scroll. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, despite the fact that, uh, this little war that, that, <laughs> that Vietnam had been fighting. If you if you don't count World War Two, also, um, you, you know, might want to talk to the French about that too. I yeah, mean, the fr- uh, right, they might, they right. Have a little different opinion yeah, of that. And the Vietnamese, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. This is like sort of a tree falls in the forest. Like if the Americans aren't paying attention to Vietnam, nothing's happening there in like their minds. You know, um, <laughs> if Americans aren't paying attention to Vietnam, yeah, it does not make a sound. Yeah, it does not. It does not have a war. Um, this is in fact the second Indochina War. Uh, so, um, we, we, we cut to, uh, you know, a base, uh, a U.S. base in, in Vietnam, um, looks suspiciously like Cal- Southern California. Um. Looks nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, like, looks good. like, kind of like, uh, beachy and, um, very, uh, very untropical. Um. Mission accomplished. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone's getting waterboarded right away. Uh, yeah, his head's like he's. That's more of a swirly, under. guys. Come on, you don't want to give him that much credit. <laughs> he's swirly. You fair? Okay, Dick. Yeah, yeah. Cheney. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, he son, wasn't bird hunting at least. So that's Wyoming cool. son. Yeah, Troy's going to defend. So yeah, he's getting his head dunked in a tank. Um, yeah, that's cowboy who is doing the head dunking, and cowboy is a he's an interpreter working with the Americans and I guess the South Vietnamese army. My yeah. favorite character in the whole movie. He was awesome. Yeah, he um, he's he's a sort of very buff. Uh, um, yeah, totally ripped. Asian American actor um, Eric Tran, I think it's his name. I have to look in. Um, I got it down somewhere, but he yeah he's uh, he's there, kind of the you know kicking ass and taking names and always hot, hot to the co- hot under the collar. Um, Mm-hmm. We're we're treated right away with a kind of Grand Torino level of ethnic slurs um, right right out of the gate. I am not in fact going to say them, but like, um, yeah, they they uh, they really they really lean into these um, just in kind of everyday conversation. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, not in their defense, but that's that's probably an accurate. Um, Probably pretty factual. Yeah. The way that they, the the way that you know you dehumanize people in war is that you do that. So, right. um, yeah, it's it, right. It, I'm gonna go skiing down this slope right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, those you are ways. You hear that word a lot. Um, those are ways that they uh, quit yeah. dinking around. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's 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 constant um, ethnic slurs and uh, yeah, it's still jarring. But you know, I you know we'll have to debate this one. But it's uh, uh, yeah, maybe maybe true to the true to the military vernacular at the time. Um, so we're at military assistance uh, advisory group headquarters. And Bert is in charge there, it seems like. And so what is MAG? What is MAG? And military assistance advisory groups were, they were sent to various uh, nations during the Cold War. Thailand, Laos, Cambodia. Or just giving advice. Um, Taiwan, Republic of yeah. China. Um, and essentially, the stated task of these MAG groups is to assist in training indigenous forces in conventional warfare tactics and facilitate kind of any military aid that the United States is supplying to them. And so they're they're re- they're seen as theoretically part of the diplomatic mission, not military, you know, because there's, in theory, not a military presence in Vietnam. Um, and Truman initially, they, they are initially sent in 1950 to supervise $10 million worth of U.S. equipment that's supplied to France, which within just a couple of years is at uh, $350 million. Um, and then even more after that, but... The con- post-France communist insurgency in the South, the numbers are going to go up. Um, 22 October 1957, uh, U.S. MAG military advisors are injured in a bombing in Saigon. Summer 59, South Vietnamese military base at, at uh, Bien Hoa was attacked by communist guerrillas and several MAG personnel were killed. And MAG is big in pushing for an increased U.S. presence in South Vietnam, an increased support for ARVIN, which is the Army of the Republic of Vietnam, or South Vietnamese Army. And Kennedy will agree to this. Increased military aid to uh, $144 million in 1961. And, you know, they work with the administration to plan kind of counter, counter, counter-insurgency plans, or CIPs, and they're mainly involved in kind of training, supporting ARVIN against communist uh, insurgency. And we get a this is kind of what we're looking at in this film. Um, 1961, and, and it's there's... Very, it's very tip of the spear, kind of. These guys are um, real boots on the ground in terms of... And like you said, their their presence, their their, their military advice. Um, right, it, but they can't make, like, right. big decisions. Um, like, you know, send your Arvin troops to this place or send, you know, like, Arvin is going to have to sign off and do that. They can suggest... Um, but to get a gl- an understanding of the numbers, 746 in 1961 balloons to 3,400 roughly in 1964, which is when we're talking about. We don't have an exact date for when we're talking about. Um, but 15th of May 1964, MAG is absorbed into MACV, or Military Assistance Command Vietnam. So, And then it kind of ch- the name is changed from MAG to something else. I forget what it was. But so it doesn't for all intents and purposes, doesn't exist anymore post-15 May 64. So what we're seeing in the film is pre-15 May 64. And again, there's a, there's a heavy-handed, like, th- these guys are important for, um, and some of their frustrations that they had with Arvin and, um, you know, going after, conducting war, those will be transmitted back to Washington and, and also be influential in, like, saying, like, we do need... You know, we do need to commit our own troops here so we're not just... So we, we can be calling the shots here and we could really win this war. And that's kind of like... Um, the fi- You know, the, and the, the film, I feel like it should have made 
that point a little more, how maybe influential some of these early folks were. And it, the point it wants to make is, of course, is the, the, Viet- the French parallel um, is its yeah. – is its main one, its main hill to die on. But, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, you know, the kind of roll call, they kind of, the, the these films can't resist kind of a tongue-in-cheek, like the wacky, like, um, you know, pulling these people in and sort of showing them. I was expecting to see, like, kind of like, uh, you know, Beverly Hillbilly's music played over kind of some of the characters, um you know the the sloppy one, the old one, the smart one, the naive yep. one, um, the Jethro Bodine of the <laughs> Vietnam War. Right, right. So right before those guys come in, this is a plot point that I should point out. So Olivetti is like I forget what his title is to Bert, but he's like essentially Bert's, um, you know, second yeah. in command. I guess he was second lieutenant. I think second I lieutenant. Right. And so he's got, you know, some something from above, like, uh, hey, we got to do something at this place called Mukwa. And this Olivetti dude has, he's like, I, he needs eight more days of combat. And they served together in Korea, right? Uh, um, Olivetti and... Olivetti. Olivetti's the young guy. Oh, was, who's the guy that they served? That's One, the general. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So the general has told told Bert to send dudes to Mukwa. And Olivetti has this... He wants to get more time in the actual field so he could get promoted. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Bert's like, you know, there's there's nothing at fucking Mukwa, whatever. Uh, what does he say? Like, um, yeah, we, we, yeah, he he uses the name as a slur. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna oh, say it. And um, so he basically just says like, yeah, just make up a bunch of stuff about it because it has like no strategic value and we're not gonna actually do anything. So he so that's the report that he sends back to the general, and. Something's going to happen because of that. But now, and then we get the, introduced to these. Yeah. Does anyone have any favorite characters? I mean, I'll start. Mine is uh, Abraham Lincoln. The the uh, He's my least favorite, I think. The Jeez. LSD uh, consuming um, soldier. Uh, any faves? He's he's the medic, I guess. Who's? It's always good to have like a really stoned medic. He's just ripping opium the whole time. Um <laughs> yeah, so he he's a good one. He comes in when he comes in. He gives like this really terrible salute. You know, his hands just like all limp, and it's just like, eh, yeah. <laughs> so he's bad. Um, Hamilton is Hamilton is the second lieutenant. I have written down. He wants. He's like, yeah. I, I was. I would get my guys mixed up. Oh, okay. That. Uh, no, that's fine. He want. He he wants to go in the field. Uh, I feel I can kill communists as well as any first lieutenant. <laughs> and. <laughs> Who's the Who's the one? And he sh- was the Je- that was a Jethro Bodine. That's that's he was very country bumpkin. Yeah, he's Mister like, yeah. you yeah. know, we're go- we're gonna win one for the Gipper, you know, and and like he's got all the all the stupid phrases that he's using, and uh, he he's Lee Greenwood would be proud of him for sure. <laughs> yeah. But but he's like really green. Thanks for the green reference. Um, and doesn't really get what's actually going on. Um, so he's another one. Who else we got? Troy. Um, the guy, uh, gosh, I'm so bad with names that you can just tell by their body language, how, how they're going to end up. I mean, that, that's kind of a trope, but they're so one dimensional. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, this guy's burned out and Olianowski be here. That's yeah, Olian- I think that's the one. And yeah, he, that, he's that, the one that sir, he yeah. served in Korea with uh, Bert also, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was saying. Was, we're, we're treated to, uh, like one, one of them is it the Jethro one that's like, 
hey, let's see how many mosquitoes I can have land on my arm in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, they put them on Mosquito Patrol, and that was like, oh okay. my, I hope this isn't real. I really do. I mean, that's <laughs> what is he doing? a lot of idle so, time. <laughs> that that seems amazing. Real quick, the fourth one is Corsi. So, and, okay. he, and he is, uh, vo- he volunteered to come up. And the Mosquito Patrol is insane. <laughs> Lits himself, and they're like counting how many mosquito bites they get in 30 seconds. They count 23. And then they got to go to like to the next station, like do it again, and the next one. And Corsi's like, "Well, then it- I'll do it. I'll let the bugs bite me." And Hamilton's like, "Nope, I'm in. I'm in charge of this. So you know, I wouldn't <laughs> ask you to do anything. I wouldn't do myself. You know." And so, <laughs> what is happening? Like, well, then what the one guy says, "Well, maybe we'll get a purple heart for this." And I'm just thinking, or malaria, one of the two. I mean, uh- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dengue fever. There's a lot of things you could get from uh, from mosquito bites. Good band, dipshit. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> then we see, uh, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, just <laughs> ripping opium bongs and, uh, and then yeah, they Oleo. Call, they call, uh, uh, I'm a Pola, which I had to look up. Like I have, I have never I heard that up too. I have yeah. never heard that word. It's, it's the name of the flower. The pot, the, the pop, I'm a Pola is the, and so I like, like, what are their, who are, who's their audience to say I'm a Pola? You know, I don't see that anywhere. It's getting at like the whole, like, um, Counterculture, you know, a lot yeah, but of they're soul. not using that either. <laughs> that word, but like, no, yeah, no, I know. But the opium, uh, like, use, just yeah, like why yeah. he's using it, which doesn't make a ton of sense because the heart. I mean, yeah, it's not to say like no soldier was like maybe smoking opium in '64, but it became more of an issue, like '69, '70, '71, toward toward the later years of the war. And I mean, that's something like you have to be introduced to in Vietnam. Yeah, and no. he's just coming in. Like, how's he gonna like have this like background and like, I I don't know the whole. He's already on smack. Yeah. Yeah. They like, just wanted. Like... So so he's he's doing that, and then he's a Olio is just yeah. is just pounding Jack Daniels, and <laughs> so yeah, I have a bunch of winners here written in my notes. So yeah, it's just. Yeah, he's I'm... judging him for for doing opium while he's he's down in a fifth of Jack. He's like, uh, it, was, it was kind of in. I was in, it was funny. I don't know. That, that was kind of ironic. Yeah. The uh, the base under inspection was the kind of uh, again like unnecessary to the ta- to the story, but like they, I felt like it was sort of some like a sitcom plot. Like you know, they come in there, they're checking it out, and the higher ups and um, this and, is the general. Yeah, and he's using uh, you know, he uses the someone uses like, well, we're trying to prove this esprit de corps, and he's like, don't don't use them French words, esprit de corps. <laughs> We get it. We get it. It's the French connection you're trying to make over and over. Freedom fries. Oh, uh, <laughs> we do get some. Um, we do get some amazing phrases. Oh, he calls him out for sending the fake intel about Mukwa. By the way. All right. So yeah, let's hear. Let's hear a little. Of the general and uh, Lancaster. They're gonna have a little chat about. Uh, we we we've denigrated the French, and they say like, we're not gonna lose. Like. Unlike the French did, so stop using them French words. And then uh, we get lots more gems here. Other people, my command is spread thinner than the hairs on a baby's ass. So, <laughs> what? So there's not a lot of yeah. hairs on a baby's ass. Is that what the implication is? And so, well, thinner I, hairs, I guess. Yeah. Oh, it's thinner. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, they're re- they're really trying to like um, uh, I don't know this like don't rip on Bert. He's like the saving grace of the movie, man. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just doing the dialogue. Yeah, and so the uh, the general leaves, you know, chews him out a little bit, and uh, and then we get some. Uh, yeah, you, 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 this is is his favorite clip of yours, Matt. Oh, it's one of them. Yeah, let's take a listen here. Here we go. Old Hard Nuts lays it on you, doesn't he, sir? Old Hard Nuts lays it on you. Yeah, well, I used to be his commanding officer. Shoot his ass out. As for ass out. As for ass. <laughs> Isn't that the, is that how the saying goes? I, I've never heard that saying. I don't know. I mean, my, my sphincter is really tight, though. <laughs> Which is another <laughs> phrase you'll hear later. Yeah. Maybe, it's a maybe, premonition for, for later in the Now, film. we did some, because Berlancaster is <laughs> naked in this, f- for the for the sake of our listeners, we did some Googling, and maybe that's where the ask for ass comment comes from. I'm just saying. like, um, Right, but we don't want you to do that. There's an Easter egg. Don't, don't, don't do that. Um... Yeah, so uh, so we're, they're given orders. Um, Corporal Cowboy of the Arvin is so he gonna... puts Hamilton in control, <laughs> and the the line he goes is, uh, "I've tested your abilities on the Mosquito Patrol, and I'm convinced you're the man for the job." <laughs> <laughs> that's always the test, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's like <laughs> isn't that? I thought it was like a, like snake hunting or snipe hunting, like you know, like a fake like. Mission, you get like he's like he's acting like okay now let's go put him in harm's way. But I think I think Bert knows he knows it's BS and he knows he's he's like this Mokwat thing is like it's nobody's there it's not going to be anything so I'm just going to put this guy in I'm going to just tell him like oh you're uh, yeah, you're okay. ready. I, it, it's just a great line though like it's it's really good. <laughs> um and then then he uh, then they get up a group of um. They call them all crack mercenaries, and I have here in my notes, maybe he means they're on crack. These don't look like, again, this is sort of, maybe yeah. Lancaster is the. Some of them are supposed to be Huang. Um, yeah. And then some of them are just kind of like farmers with shotguns. And because they're advisors, an Arvin officer is supposed to be technically in lead patrol of this, but they don't, couldn't have, they couldn't spare one or, or whatever. Arvin couldn't. So. So cowboy is is coming along then. Cowboy is uh, once again the interpreter, and they're uh, they're they're sharing with them their mission. You know, um, we're going to establish a fortress for liberty and justice, and uh, all the Vietnamese mercenaries start laughing. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Hamilton says. It is translated. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, what is? And uh, so again, like um, that, I'll, I'll give it to this one. This is like you know, okay, the the people who actually know the country are like. Uh, that's doomed. Right. <laughs> this is this is hilarious. Yeah. Fortunately. And the guy's like, just... Why is he laughing? Why are they laughing? Oh, oh, they like you, sir. Or something to that effect, I believe. Though. Right. They're and trying he's to like, talk. Golly. Yeah. Um <laughs> Golly, Sarge. Yeah. But Oleo Olianowski like kind of immediately takes control, essentially. Which Bert sort of told him to he's do. He's the seasoned, yeah. Um, and he he's like, All right, you you people go do this and you do this. And you know, he's like Hamilton, sir, like, you know, you just kind of lay back and chill because, you know, you're you're the boss and that's what bosses do. Um <laughs> so Yeah, and uh Plus, I think he had the quick step too. He had to watch that. So I don't know exactly was that diarrhea he had uh, Oh yeah, that's uh, once they get to Mukwai, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, they're all of these little colors they're trying to give it or kind of uh um they're traveling. They're on the road now to Mukwara. Oh, they're hauling ass in these yeah. trucks. It's like, we're going fast so the snipers can't get us. We're going zoom, zoom. Yeah. Um, they come up to a roadblock, and uh, they see that it's booby-trapped. 
and um, they realize that a. Uh, of course, he checks it because he's the demolitions expert. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a Viet Cong sort of waiting. We presume to to detonate it on them. Yeah, this um, scene's pretty crazy. Yeah, and then uh, and it, and it goes off, and then they chase him down. Um, and they catch it. Do they catch just one? They catch just yeah. One. They catch one. Yeah. And um, Hamilton tells Cowboy to interrogate him, and Cowboy's like, "Ooh, I love doing that," and because he's <laughs> and so he just you know starts going real hard on him. Olio says, "You know, it's not going to do any good. He's not going to talk." And then Cowboy just gets like a machete out and cuts <laughs> his head off. Yeah, it's pretty like it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, the Cowboy is like the again the kind of uh, the extreme kind of badass but crazy person in the in the, in the movie that's his role. Um Troy's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed him, yeah. He was legit. So they go out on they go out on foot the the Vietnamese mercenaries uh with the Americans. Um and then one of the one of the great weird characters was the uh back on base the psyops specialist um shows up and he's got his uh, incident flow identity coordinator. Um, this is pretty. This is pretty great. It's totally yeah. he's the he's do a computer you, uh, nerd. Do you want to hear? I have the clip of him kind of introducing this. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The advisory system is based on five threat conditions or five <laughs> different alerts: low, guarded, elevated, high, and severe. They're going to be represented by five colors. Matt. Green, blue, yellow, orange, <laughs> Did you bait and red. And switch? As you can see in the, uh, the screen in the graphic we hear to my right and to my left. Oh, sorry. That was a wrong clip. Um, <laughs> let me... I, I Are those the degrees when, of drinking when we're doing the podcast? I'm not sure. I was going to confuse them. Here, I, think, I think I've got it here. Hold on. This, sir, is the indicator. A computer in Saigon will sift all intelligence reports and reduce the information parables, ratios, and mean averages, whereby we shall be able to assign defense priorities. That is, sir, the incident incident flow flow indicator indicator will indicate which of your outposts is the most endangered. I'll enter that name on the indicator here, condition red. Number two will be condition orange. Number three, condition yellow. Wow, that sounds just like what I played. Yeah, what was your clip from, Matt? Uh, That was... uh, Homeland Security Secretary Tom Ridge introducing the terror alert coded color chart. Yeah, this is not the first time we've uh, Americans have been exposed to the. Uh, it seemed to work out okay too. Yeah, sort of. They're like it worked for Smokey the Bear for like fire danger. Uh, That's true. <laughs> in the park, yeah, you see that every day, Troy. Right, you drive past the. Uh, That's true. Yeah, yeah. You yeah right still. now it's moderate. And so, so you yeah. say, like, you say to yourself, like, I'm not going to start a fire outside because um, it's on red. So. Um, oh, otherwise you would start a fire? Yeah, like there's a... Troy should yeah. start with fires. The fire alert was only on yellow or orange. <laughs> the uh, So I did my baby gender reveal party in the middle of the forest. Aw. Is that <laughs> how it started? That's how one of them started, yeah. <laughs> um, Don't do that, people. <laughs> there's uh, there's uh, so So he's this... He's the kind of... Um, buffoon you know the nerdy buffoon in this but like as i was as i was mentioning the mat like but he's actually right um well spoiler alert yeah, spoiler, spoiler, yeah. sorry sorry um 
the, the, the computers, the computers are right. Like, you know, data and intelligence, this was a huge part of, this was a huge part of uh, Vietnam. They're crunching and, and trying to figure out um, where to put resources. And this is the, this is the first American war really that like, uh, really the service of, of big data is brought to, to sort of decision-making in the, in the field. Um, uh, these, these huge rooms that fill, you know, uh, in, in, well, the computers in, were the size of your house. So you entire buildings, yeah. Right. <laughs> Punch cards, and, you know, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. There's been a lot written about that. But, um, yeah, but he's he's sort of that. And uh, and I was thinking, like, they're trying to make him out as the buffoon. Um, yeah, Bert's skeptical of him. Yeah, he, he's pretty funny. He's just like, what are you talking about? Um, and uh, And then one of my favorite quotes, where are we? Where, uh, Vietnam, Penang, sir. Are you sure we're not in a loony bin? You know, they're <laughs> really, really, uh, really. Uh, Penang had an interesting night there once. Yeah, in um, Mal- in Penang, Malaysia. Yeah, this is. There's not oh, a. Yeah, there's don't. N- let's not talk. Troy, about Penang. you had an interesting night there. Troy, yeah. Do you want? I, I don't. You have some. I'm having a little PTSD. Um, so, Eric, any interesting nights? Move along. Troy I know fought. Eric was involved in my interesting night. So Troy fought in Penang, um, and uh, he's had I some fought, scars. Uh, <laughs> I got a dose of the Tiger Bomb in Penang, and it uh, kind of changed my life. Yeah, again, listeners, <laughs> uh, we're getting closer to Troy uh, spilling the beans, um, so to be speak. a good time for um, it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get, to, we'll, get, we'll get closer and closer to edging Troy. Um, there... <laughs> On patrol in a, in the very special uh, episode we'll have on patrol in Mukwa, Um Yeah, they found it. Cowboy has some really intense running, you know, and they're kind of coming up to it, <laughs> and and he kind of is going, you know, kind of stealthily, but like he's just running yes. very aggressively. I, I kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, kind of spastically. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it was very and like jumping down on the ground. Right. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's abandoned. There's nothing there. Choppers come in, bring them all their. Um, Food and supplies and everything right next to the French cemetery. Interesting. Yeah, it's convenient. Right. There's not a. Uh, there's no symbolism there. Um, they're they're looking at the cemetery with all these crosses, um, and then a soldier. So I speak some of the French, eh? And uh, <laughs> yeah, Jethro's like, "Can you speak French?" He's like, "Fairly well, soldier." And he reads. Yeah. The sign reading the re- referring to the Battle of Thermopylae. Um, you know, made famous by the move, the recent movie Three Hundred, um, which Bad. Is, which is a one of Matt's favorite films. Bad. Speaking of naked Burt Lancaster. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Some great computer uh, generation on that. Yeah, movie. yeah. Stranger, when you find us lying here, go tell the Spartans we obeyed their orders. Right, and so that what what's interesting is like the how that the story of 300 has been repurposed for kind of very different ends for one in this one, it's a fool's errand or a, or a, like the a suicide mission that maybe, you know, and, and, and in another telling of the, you know, of the 300 that there it's, it's also a bloodbath, but it, it's, it saves the day. Right. Heroic stand. Yeah. And so I don't know if they're trying to just stop at the heroic stand analogy because um, the, the kind of, Another theme I feel like of Go Tell the Spartans is the kind of the futility of all of this. Oh, exactly. That's, I mean, they say the French 
essentially the French did the same thing, uh, foolishly went in with no no chance of, of victory, and all they left behind is this cemetery. You know, it's kind of what you what you it's look it's the U.S. soldiers kind of looking into their future almost when they're when they're kind of seeing this. So Troy, let me ask you um, if like a pan, panhandler or a uh, maybe a hitchhiker offers you chocolate, does that really does that really change? seal the deal is that normally i'm really fairly nervous but when people offer me chocolate i just they just win me over and i i just have to trust them and i'm like wow these guys really care so yeah it's, i usually like to bring chocolate on my trips too because if i don't know the language i just give people chocolate and <laughs> things work out for the best so it's a yeah, good deal because they they're they're really big on the chocolate. especially underage especially underage girls you know that's uh seems to work okay yeah never mind yeah, so um <laughs> this in this movie is creepy. <laughs> yeah, so this starts they're on a patrol and cowboys like smell smell pulled pork sandwiches. And <laughs> and and Corsi's He's telling like, me they're American tier and I'm like, yeah, like they can understand what you're saying. Corsi, I, I don't I don't smell anything. It's like I smell them. It smell delicious. They're great. Oh, yeah. They smell fantastic. And uh <laughs> And then Cowboy's like, you know, it, it's probably Kong. Let's just shoot everyone. And Corsi's like, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Wait, why don't we check first and make sure? And then <laughs> Cowboy's like, no, no, no. First you shoot, shoot him. and then you check. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out to be like some kids and some older older people and, and women. Um, and one pivotal girl, yeah. Fishing at a river. And, and that's when Scared Corsi villagers. brings out, he, he pulls this trick out at the bars, you know, like with, with the ladies. Like, he likes some chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Some chocolate in my pants. He's, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's giving him chocolate and, uh, you know, and he gives one little kid his hat like, oh, look at this. It's, uh, you know. Um, Which is totally re- safe because it, you think about if you if that kid walks back to the Viet Cong and he's got an American hat on, I'm thinking that's not going to go over so well. <laughs> he's not going to be a target at all. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, funny when they showed up back at base. Then Corsi's wearing the kid's hat. They just oh, like yeah. cut right to him, like and uh, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, right. He's good. wearing like the Vietnamese like rice hat. Like it's really yeah. um, uh, Kong, yeah. or cowboy says that they're. They're Kongs, uh, you know, like, you know, don't trust them. Don't take them with you. And um, Olio doesn't want them. Hamilton says, you know, keep them in the camp. We're here for hearts and minds, right? You know, and this is what we got to do. And they're starving. They have no food, even though they were just fishing. But we stopped them from fishing. So now they're hungry. And so now we <laughs> need plenty to feed of chocolate them. in them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, all the ch- all the chocolate they can eat. Um Corsi finds a note on a reed, and it says, Yankee, go home. And he kind of, like, looks around, you know, and he, and he sees this older dude that, you know, he's got, like, his really his eyes all screwed up or, you know, something's up with his eye. But, you know, he's like, tells everyone, hey, there's, you know, Viet Cong. I saw one. He disappeared. They couldn't find him. You know, he's probably a scout of some sort. Um, and so... That's the sort of tip off that something is something's coming, and um, Lieutenant Hamilton is still just pooping the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, he's, was he's, it, he's a real useful character. Was it? What, you he's were, got a case of the quick step. Yeah, he's got a case of the quick step. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, uh, it's going right through him, and then uh, oh, get some chicken vindaloo. 
extra spicy. <laughs> so this is uh, this is a scene with good old our buddy Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh, jeez. Do I have to stay for this? He's wandering around high. On opium. But yeah. Out in front of the embattlements there. The music is great, too, in the background. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's like Peter on the Wolves. Yeah, somebody shoot him, please. Oh. All the he's, v- he's not a liability at all. I mean, all the Vietnamese are looking at him like, oh, what? I'm looking at him like, what a moron. Yeah. Years ago. Our fathers before on this continent. Get it? It's Abraham Lincoln. Get it? Dedicated. Okay, turn this off. Okay, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. We got it. We got it. So. So he's climbed this like watchtower and he's just doing, giving this speech, like stoned out of his mind up the there. Address, and man. yeah, you know, it's it. a semi famous speech. You can Google that, folks, uh, right after you're done with the Burt Lancaster nudes. Um, <laughs> That's going to mess up your algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ber- then Bertog.com. <laughs> This is serious. The Viet Cong attack. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he almost get he almost gets blown up. Sad, sadly, Abraham doesn't get blown up. Sadly, he survives. Um, God, I was disappointed. God. He's okay though. He's yeah. He's like he falls down. I know. You know that's why I was collapses. disappointed. He's sort of wounded, but he's he's okay. But and then Cowboy was right. They killed the chocolate villagers who were trying to kill them. Um. So uh, they yeah, realize, so, yeah, yeah, they they send a patrol out to kind of find who who shot at the tower, and they kill four. They say, and one is a young girl, and I wasn't sure. So, was that was that one of the one young girls that yeah. they brought in? Okay, so it was. Um, and Corsi is kind of like shocked, like, "Oh my gosh, I I couldn't wouldn't believe somebody would tell a lie like that." Like, <laughs> what? oh my, right. <laughs> Oh. I gave them chocolate. I mean, geez, they should have trusted me. That was dark chocolate. Honest. That's the good stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, was 80% cacao. Um, so, uh, and then, like, you know, this bullshit, there's, like, a, you know, 14-year-old girl comes up, and they're all, and one of the guys is like, hey, I'm interested in her. Like, um, you know, like, it, it seemed ancillary to the plot as well. Like, that was, like, a... Um, you know, oh, that was cringe, was that like, Hamilton? Maybe it was Hamilton. And yeah, but of course he's like, actually, she totally wants me, and and she's fourteen. Ugh, and gross. oh, and now and then Hamilton, no, Hamilton says, "Don't touch her," because right, Hamilton plays it by the books. I forgot. So I, I yeah. thought she looked older than fourteen, but um, yeah, she's at least fifteen, guys. Come okay. on. Um. Then. Um, <laughs> They count the graves. Um, maybe skipping ahead here, but they count the graves of the three hundred. Um, and you know they said like, oh, there's like two hundred eighty-seven or whatever. We we won't lose. We're Americans. There's three hundred two. They totally oh, screwed. Up. Was, it, it, was even, okay. it was it was inaccurate. Yeah, they were brave men, Corporal. They fought the battle and lost, but we won't lose. 
because we're Americans. Um, Oops. Well, uh, back on the base, um, we find out that uh, Troy and Burt Lancaster both share the similar things that allow them not to get promoted in the military. (laughs) I've got an agenda for Pudenda. Oh, this is this is one of the weirdest parts of this movie of a weird movie. Oh, I where do we start? Well, he says there's there's two <laughs> things. There's two well, things I like in this end world. End. Two things I like in this world. One of them's booze. The other one's women. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he said like what? Yeah. Um, and he's like, you're probably wondering. I've been I've been a soldier since you know <laughs> World War One, and uh, I haven't I haven't advanced yet. I know you want to hear this story, right? No, no, I'm good. No, yeah, well, I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you anyway. In the Pentagon, when you when they send you up for up the chain, they've got a secret vault where they check names, you see? And <laughs> if you're on that list, you're not going anywhere. And do you want to know how I got on that list? You see him saying, like, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, okay? Uh, Troy, how did he end up on that list? Uh uh, Pudenda and booze were, yeah, definitely two big parts. But a very uh, specific, I believe, but a very specific I would, story. I believe it was uh, a really good story. He yeah. was getting. I can say this on it's our it's a podcast. Yeah, so it's, it's, rated, getting, it's rated. It's rated explicit. He was so, getting yeah. oral from the general's wife and the president and the general and the president of the United States in, of the United States, not just the president of in, yeah. So yeah, that that would do it. President of the universe. He fought her off as long as he could, he, though, but he just, after a while, he couldn't turn down the pudenda. And he salutes the President of the United States while he's receiving pleasure. While receiving oral. Yeah, yes. and, right. um, and she was not aware of the visitors to the... She had her back turned to, and, to yeah. them. So yeah. she did not stop with the act. <laughs> and he saluted them. Did we just did you just say that? He, he yeah. saluted yeah, them yeah. as he, he was getting oral? He should have just given them a thumbs up, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, and, and two thumbs up. And the the, the guy he's telling this to looks sort of scarred like we do. Like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, get it. So after this wonderful speech, uh, we're in uh, his office. Oh yeah, he knocks him over. He opens the door and knocks down Tom Ridge, uh, who is changing the color chart on the terror alert list. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, he has put Mukwa in the yellow. Uh-oh. Uh and puts in a call to warn Mukwa. So things could be up. And then we have some uh, some weird like um some weird dialogue uh Lancaster. Says, Do you love your commanding officer? That's fine because I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like did, was the guy on was Abraham Lincoln writing the the opium Abraham Lincoln was he writing the script at this point? Like, I think so. It really gets, really goes off. Um, he has a real soft spot, Bert. I was really impressed with that. It was almost cut choked up. So he, yes, um, just like his, yeah. uh, just like his general's wife. <laughs> oh my! And uh, I do, do. You forgot the part of the. He said, "Like I found myself humping her on any and all occasions." <laughs> That's literally what he says. Humping her on any and all occasions. Like, okay. Uh, All right. right. Night patrol. Oleo is uh, leading a patrol, and um, 
they need a fire team to assist them kind of get back the river to get back to the base. One of the, uh, I, I guess, Vietnamese or maybe mercenary guys that is with Olio is shot and left on the other side of the riverbank. And then Hamilton says, I'll get him. We can't leave a man down. And Olio's like, you know, they're just waiting for you to go do that. And once you do, they're going to kill you. And uh, Hamilton does anyway. The guy's already dead. Hamilton gets shot and killed. This is and this is the this is the main siege at uh, at at Mukwa, right? No, this is before. This is this is, this yeah. is before that, right? So so we have some uh, already the loss of innocence. The veil is being torn, um, right? Uh, well, and then even more, you know, the next day it's uh, Olio is kind of having a meltdown at Corsi. Corsi wants him to kind of give, oh. you know, a talk mm-hmm. at when they're gonna bury uh, Hamilton, and Olio, you know, kind of freaks out. He's he's losing it. He's already kind of half there before he even gets in the situation and um Oleo kills himself. Yeah. So it it gets pretty heavy. I feel like some some of the heaviness of the movie isn't earned. And so there are these moments where like you know like he just kills himself and you're like, "Okay, um you're just talking about like, you know, high five in the president when you're getting a blowjob and then like it, it's 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 a, it's a like it, it's 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 a lot, there's a lot of whiplash in this movie. Well, it's like two. There's two different stories happening like concurrently throughout the film. Really, I mean, like you have what's going on with Bert and in, in Penang, and then you have what's going on. Yeah, out at Mukwa, and they're related to each other, of course. But you have to kind of keep track of that. So did they have a double funeral then that day? I don't know. When he killed himself with the other dude, they just oh, is that what Corsi's, joined him together? Of course he's going to be, oh, great. Now i got to find somebody else to give the speech. <laughs> I love yeah. when he's laying there, when they go go back after he shoots him, and they go and look, and he's all splayed out in there. His foot's up on a table. He's all contorted. I'm like, how did he fall? It was like a real weird like circus act look, the way he was Probably laying felt there like after a he dead shot guy. himself. I guess, yeah, obviously. But it was, it was just funny... Uh, Oh, to me, I guess I'm maybe Lincoln. Kind of maybe way, Lincoln pushed him. That could be. Hey man, it looked like a setup to me. You ever tried this shit? He <laughs> thought bugs were on him and jumped off of the. Yeah, yeah man. Um, yeah, I got the good stuff, man. Um, so how how do we get from there to the under siege at Mukwa? Uh, Olavetti is promoted to CEO of Mukwa, so he's so yeah. he's Bert's number two. He's he's Bert's buddy that Bert likes to tell, you know, old old lady stories to, and and now now he's gonna be in charge of Mukwa, and said, don't you know don't be a hero if you can't get reinforcements. And so the yeah the the alert system um, is now uh, um, disturbingly prescient. It shows that uh, th- there's trouble. And uh, we see large number of Viet Cong assembling, yeah. and they need reinforcements. And so, so getting back to the fact that they have to like essentially ask permission from Arvin leadership to get them. Yeah. Uh, a- so he goes and meets with Colonel Min to ask for three hundred Arvin reinforcements, and you know Min is like, yeah, you know, probably going to be another coup, you know, in Saigon. So I kind of like need the troops for when that happens, and that's. Historically accurate. Um, after Diem is assassinated in November sixty three, yeah, you have yeah. General Min. He lasts three months. Then General Khan takes over in a coup. So that puts us like early sixty four. So maybe it's jet. Maybe it's that coup they're referencing, perhaps. 
but you know, either way, right? There is this revolving door for a while uh, in South Vietnam. So, yeah, the wrath, wrath of Khan. Is that what that was? <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, yeah. And they're not. So, yeah, the U.S. Army isn't able to call the shots on that, so it has to. And so it you know, again, um, they're they're they hold on through the night, though. However, at Mukwa, um, they're they're under siege. Well, yeah. So they, Min Min agrees eventually, like in exchange for fifteen hundred like howitzer, like artillery shells for 300 troops, but it's, like, not clear how soon they're going to get there. Yeah, they have to negotiate. It kind of sounds, some, it sounds similar to today's day and age with Afghanistan, too. It was kind of, they, they said, you can keep the weapons. We don't, we don't take, we don't keep track of it, and uh, we don't, we're basically, you know, we're not going to care once you have them. So I thought, ah, that sounds familiar. Right, just After dumping we, arms and aids at, and aid yeah. at this problem. Yeah, that's exactly Yeah. Um and uh, the U.S. Army is also increasingly, um, hey, you know, don't commit any more men to this. Um, you know, they, they weren't expecting to find trouble at Mukwa initially, and then now that they're in it, they're, they don't want another, you know, they're supposed to just be there as advisors, and so this is becoming increasingly problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bert has put in a call for air support. Or, or Bert hasn't. Somebody somebody has put in a call for air support, but they South Vietnamese government has grounded all the flights due to an impending coup, so it's not going to actually do it. So Bert puts in a call to the general and says some evidently not PC stuff to the general in the call, which is not a phone call. It's a uh, it's a message to him. But, it's a letter. Um, yeah. But he. Gets- I'll just say what he said. He was going to shoot his balls off if he didn't get help. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what the letter said. <laughs> And he agrees. <laughs> um, and they're supposed to um, exfiltrate the Americans, but not the Vietnamese, right? That's those are the orders. Get in there and uh, um, get those Americans out. But right. Um, so yeah, Bert. Uh, only U.S. personnel are to get out. Uh, Corsi says no. Uh, if you're not taking the wounded out, you know it's not fair to. You know, we brought them out here, dragged them out here, and then we're just gonna like leave them. Uh, it is, it, you know, we gotta we gotta help them out. But the pilot's like, whoa, whoa, I've got like four people on board of this giant. It's not one of the small like Huey helicopters, right? It's one of the big ones. And yeah. he's like, I'm way over the weight limit now with just you four guys. Like, no, I can't, I cannot take any more. Yeah, I can't take any of those. Like, you can be, use faithful V Arvin, step step back. That we're didn't, gonna, that um, didn't make much sense to me. Well, no, I'm going to shit on your point here. He was there, the helicopter was was leaking some hydraulic f- fluid, I believe, too. So oh, was it was, leaking? That was, I guess, he oh, was I crawling under that. there, and he's. But yeah, that that was part of it. I okay, think. But sorry. Still, they could have probably loaded a few few people on there. Their hundred pound Asian soldiers there, they could handle them. So. As someone say, it's their war, it's their country. Um, they said that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, why not send multiple helicopters? By the way. Yeah, right. Um, and so... When Bert and... Uh, Corsi. Corsi don't get on, how about put two wounded on in their place? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought, well, leave Corsi here and put one of... Yeah, exactly. Put Replace them. Yeah, yeah I, but they don't. Yeah. They just take like three guys. No. Um, many of the civilians are, in fact, VC, and uh, Cowboy kills them. Um, it's a... Uh, Cowboy's really happy to kill people. Anyone. Um, who looks at him wrong? Um, yeah, the civilians are have kind of 
put. But they were stealing ammo, right? They they? were stealing weapons, and they were gonna like bring him to the to Kong. Yeah, they've they've got him under their shirts and stuff. And he kind of so he kills all of them, and he gives Corsi like a yo, totally fucking called this shit by the way. Look, and (laughs) Corsi's like, whoa, whoa, even you even killed the kids though. What about the kids, right? And then Cowboy's like, eh, check the kids out. They're carrying but, stuff but too. But the fourteen-year-old so. did that. She got loot. She got she. She got away. She's leading right? the assault. Yeah. yeah, the VC assault. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, she's missing. She's missing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see her later. They've they've mined. Um, Corsi's used his detonation skills to kind of mine everything because they want to blow everything up to not leave right. anything for the uh, you know encroaching enemy, and <laughs> it was really weird. Like you know. They set the you know they set the detonators up to blow up all their stuff and then uh, it's like okay we've got ten seconds and then so then they like run out of the tent but they like barely make it out before it's it like, like blows three up three seconds <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like why not set it for twenty seconds like <laughs> just give yourself and then like- you have <laughs> and then you have Rambo with the C four where where it's like instead of ten seconds it's ten minutes or not quite you know not quite that, yeah but, you know it's usually it usually takes longer but in this case it worked. The opposite. It was. I, I thought about uh, that. I thought like looking at like that actually looked kind of dangerous. Like they were the the actors were really close to that fireball. Like yeah, way closer than you would see in a modern movie. And it's then like, they like dive behind cover, and then like stuff keeps going off because you know it's it's a bunch of different types yeah. of ammunition that like once it gets hot, it's gonna yeah. blow. And so they're yeah, it was like just give it just give it a little more time. Like it doesn't have to be immediate. Can yeah, we, yeah. Another another thirty seconds will allow you to get clear. <laughs> right. So they head out of Mukwa, head out of the camp, uh, and they want to leave before the howitzers come in. The ones that uh, he gave, some of them ones that I think he gave to Min. Right. He was going to provide cover from. I think so. Yeah. From a distance. Yeah. And so they want to get to a road. They're going to meet eventually a truck convoy to take them back to Penang. Cowboy and a scout kind of give it the all clear, you know, nothing ahead, all good, everything's fine, but they are ambushed, and, you know, chaos ensues. One of the people in the ambush is that girl that was making eyes at uh, Corsi earlier. Oh. One of the 14-year-old chocolate girl. Right. And yep. Cowboy um, was right. Yeah. Cowboy is killed in the scene, and Corsi is hit. And Bert kind of grabs him and kind of ushers him away from the chaos. And uh, Troy, Troy, you want to tee this one up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, well, I mean, you, do you have the sound bite? I mean, it's uh, pretty yeah. classic. Uh, uh, I think that that we could go. It'll say it all. I think. Yeah, really. you ready? We'll take yeah, care. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. So where you hurt, kid? I don't know. I feel blood running down my legs. Maybe you just crap your britches. <laughs> I have very. Strong sphincter muscles, sir. <laughs> I don't know if that was a challenge or what. What the? I mean, uh, what was going on there? But yeah. uh, wrecked, wrecked him, damn near killed him. I mean, that's uh, all I gotta say. So, so you're you're on your deathbed, you guys. Like, what were his last words? Um, I, I have very strong sphincter yeah. muscles, sir. Um, but he doesn't die. He, do, he doesn't, no. right? So those are. Well, we we can see Bert has been shot kind of in the back as he's kind yeah, of carrying he's, he's Corsi bleeding. away, and and we don't know this mm-hmm. until the camera kind of changes its angle mm-hmm. a bit, and then he has one of those like super dramatic death scenes, you know, where he kind of like picks up his gun and he's gonna start <laughs> shooting, but oh, he's too weak and he drops it, and then 
yeah, you know, the so- heavy breathing and then the head falling to the side and everything. Very, 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 quite, very dramatic. Definitely a professional actor for sure. Old Bert, he he did it right. Was it less dramatic than the, uh, um, <laughs> what's the film where the the guy rolls down the hill um, and breaks his back, <laughs> and they can decide they're going to kill him? <laughs> Princess Bride. No. One of the ones we watched, anyway. But uh, anything you wish. maybe. No, where they Hamburg, were. They? Uh, no, that was um, Hamburger Hill. No, no, I'm getting away it mixed was. Up. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I, I, anyway, uh, so right, right. China Gate, China, China Gate, China Gate. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, so they're um, so everyone's dead. Well, yeah, the the old dude that has kind of befriended Corsi, who's one of the. I guess farmers that's sort of hired on this thing kind of pulls Corsi away and ushers him away from from the chaos even further, and then we, night falls. Night kind of comes right as like a huge VC charge is coming at them, and then kind of screen to black, and then the next morning, right. And then I think we're with it with a point of view we have through Corsi's eyes as he's opening up, and he's and then he's looking around at the <clears throat> the carnage around them, and then realize like. Um, Everybody naked. Everybody and and and, yeah. and dead. They're dead. not just naked yeah. Having, yeah. having fun. They're True. naked and dead. This isn't Woodstock. They're actually yeah. they're actually dead. And um, why did they take their uniform? Is there something you guys know more than I do? I is did they take uh, U.S. uniforms when you die and haul them off to sell them or or infiltrate with the uniforms? I was kind of confused. Or just I would guess it has. I guess them? it has value. Like. Yeah. Or just for maybe it's just simply supplies. It could be you know like if there's badges or buttons or medals or something like okay. attached to it. Like you know any of that stuff could be repurposed and used. You know when okay. they're fighting a guerrilla type of war, it probably is just probably something as basic as don't that. waste any of the buffalo. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> all the parts of the Lancaster are used, <laughs> um, <laughs> except for his big bloated all, body. All parts of the buffalo. B- Right, <laughs> you know his skin was used in drive belts and, and machinery. It puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> yeah, so we get. Uh, I mean, you know, one of the conceits of this movie is that nearly seventy-year-old Burt Lancaster is out, like running, uh, sort of like the John Wayne and Green Beret. We're supposed to expect that he's actually in the field, and so he's better than Wayne, though. He he is in an act as an actor and as a, but he's. He's, well, mean, we forgot to mention he he's injured in real life while filming this. Yeah, Eric, Eric, you have the story. But hey, that, right? <laughs> yeah. But John Wayne had flipping lung cancer when he was doing Green Berets. He, so count, you know, I guess it's uh, kind of you know there it's a balance. That's what happens when you film so many movies in New Mexico, right next to where they tested all the atomic weapons. Yeah, oh, that could be part of it. That's yeah, part of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> Lan- Lancaster was on another film years before and like took like time out to go golf. And stepped in a hole and twisted his knee, and so it's been, it has a trick tr- trick knee ever since, and so it becomes a plot That's... point in in kind of conveniently and go tell the Spartans. Yeah, he's kind of oh, perfect. He's got yeah. the limp going the whole movie, and it's it's a real limp because yeah, he yeah, and uh, and uh, so we get we get a little beefcake, Bert. Um, you get a little you get a little nude action, um, and as we found from the internet. That's not your only chance to see Burlacaster naked. Oh. Eric I'm is, not Eric say is anymore. really promoting this. He's re- Do you own that website? Again, like, eh. don't so, go there. So go to my Patreon if you want more, if you want more exclusive shots. Of, 
<laughs> of birds that I've got from estate sales. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a little line of merchandise. All right, um, all right. All right, Corsi the black goes. square goes down to his knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, worst podcast so, ever. So uh, they're, they're stumbling through the French cemetery. Yeah, Corsi's uh, back he is. in the cemetery. Um, the cemetery is kind of partially destroyed. The camp is destroyed because those the, the artillery did come. You know, you could sort of see it coming in in the distance. Um, yeah, it kind of raised some of the graves, too. The bombs kind of pushed up some of the cemetery. It looked like there were. It's very Halloween. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see our, our old friend, the Vietnamese scout with the one eye. Old patch. Yeah. Right. Um, and he looks like he's injured. He picks up his gun like he's going to shoot Corsi, but he once again, you know, just doesn't have the strength to pull the trigger and kind of do drops it. Drops yeah. the gun. So what what do you think was the symbolism? Because he was in at the beginning and then at the end. And like what do you, I mean, he was a scout, but it just feel like there's some sort of symbolism behind that dude. And I don't know what it is. I thought I'd ask you guys. Anyone? Yeah, that's a, I don't know. It's a, Symbolically, I'm not it, sure. I'm never good with symbolic stuff. Like is he a um, metaf- yeah, I, I don't know. Is he a it metaphor for the Vietnamese people yeah. or something? Well, I, yeah, I, I, I think like, it's I a statement, you know, they... Old, young, anyone could kind of be recruited and be supportive of, okay. of the the Vietnamese Viet Cong side cause in the South, and so he was patriotic until the end. He was so old; he was like, "I, I want to serve, but I'm, I can't lift my rifle quite. It's a little could, heavy." I mean, could be. I mean, maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's sort of, you know, you know, maybe he's sort of forced to. Maybe he, he may have lost his eye from from the Viet Cong. You know, it's it, you don't know, but. There were certainly. I mean, many. it could have been out golfing with Burt Lancaster. I mean, he could have <laughs> right. hurt his knee, hurt his eye somehow. I mean, it could have been. <laughs> so Burt steps in the he hole sh- and, shanks, and one. shanks his drive and, <laughs> and hits the dude in the eye. <laughs> exactly. It's like this becomes the Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many Asians were allowed on golf courses in the 1960s, yeah, but not very uh, many. yeah. So um, yeah, and so then um, you know it uh, it. It leaves with the kind of the again the focus on the the graveyard and the crosses of the three hundred plus. Yeah, and of course um, he says, you know, like I'm going home or something like that, and then and credits. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, this was Goltel the Spartans coming in at one minute fifty four seconds, one hour fifty four <laughs> minutes twenty five seconds. That was a short movie. Yeah, um, um, I wish it was one minute fifty four seconds. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's. Uh, I think it's I think it's now time where we give some uh, we give some dong rating. Um, uh, Troy, where do you where do you come down? Where do you land in here on the uh, go tell the Spartans, the Vietnamese well, currency, of course, the dong. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm gonna I would say three, but because of all the educate, I learned. Pudenda. I learned what uh, hall. I'm gonna go get my ashes hauled. Google that shit. Um, I learned another name for opium. Okay. Uh, I learned a lot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, an extra three quarter points. So three point seven five. That's probably higher than the two of you, but that's what I'm going with. So. Cut the mustard and don't fuck around. Lots of sayings. In this. There you what go. What do you think, yeah. Matt? Uh, I, I'm gonna be a little more generous than Troy and uh, maybe you too, Eric. I thought that there were several issues with the film. On its good points, I thought Bert did a pretty good job. Um, 
as no, he's a, a great as an actor, actor yeah. and many of the other actors were not very good. I will say um, the you know scenery, cinematography, a lot of that left a lot to desire. The plot, I think, is is interesting to get to. A, it's something different, something we haven't covered. We've covered a ton of these movies, and this is it's something we 65 haven't. Sixty-five to seventy-five. Yeah, this is something we haven't touched on yet. So I think it's interesting in that respect, and so I th- and the anti-war commentary in the film, I think, in 1978, I think is pr- you know probably fairly powerful. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five. The. <laughs> The um, it it was it was fr- frustrating for me. I I think if if the movie done if done differently, literally shot with a different like cinematographer and a different my cell phone and and a, yeah and a better like it was so hard for me to I wanted to like the film way more because it was this kind of and as you said it's a it's an it's an interesting time period that's that far less is known publicly about and um then you have a great actor like Lancaster um so but it, it was so hard to the, the you know again it was it came across much more like a tv movie than anything else um yeah that that, that constantly took me out of it um that and the kind of the ham-fisted characters uh so i'm going to give it a i'm going to give it a 4.5 dong um I mean, I wanted more, but uh, yeah, maybe in the remake. Um, it's out there. It's just sitting there waiting for somebody to pick it up. It's money, <laughs> as Ho Chi Minh said, just power laying on the ground waiting for someone to pick it up. Right next to Burt Lancaster's <laughs> dead body. Speaking of. Um, um, all right, so... Uh, all right, so it's one of our favorite segments. Time for... Book of the Week. <laughs> Book of the Week is an author we've already covered, actually. Mm. Did him uh, when we did The Quiet American. Did Embers of War in that one. This one we're going back to, I think, what, when did this come out? Roughly 2000. Um, This is Fred Logavall, Choosing War, 1999. Sorry. Um, And it is... Greatest, great, great writer. Great writer, great historian, um, and he looks at the, in, in his phrase, uh, the long 1964, and this kind of recounts the days from JFK's decision to withdraw support for the South Vietnamese President Diem in August of 63 until the landing of U.S. troops in Da Nang in March of 65, and this, according to Logoval, is a period in which uh, American policymakers choose escalation in Vietnam as opposed to other theories that you know, depict the process of one in which the United States is sort of forced to proceed to war. He presents kind of an internationalist, um, maybe as well as internal perspective on the decision-making process and kind of the culmination of the war that would last for eight long years after that. And, um, yeah, it is, like his other stuff, you know, it's, it's really, really well done. I mean, in terms of diplomatic historian, he's kind of top of the, Top of the heap, uh, he's certainly up there, and uh, so I would certainly check out Choosing War, uh, and yeah, get a good. This is the same period we're talking about in our in our film here, 
and you get a good look at kind of the, the policymakers and a lot of the decisions that they were going through. He he puts a lot of the uh, blame on Johnson, and uh, which is certainly warranted. But you know, you can the title "Choosing War" is sort of a tip off for what his sort of thesis argument is that Johnson deliberately chose to go to war. And uh, at the end, he kind of presents a th- maybe a theoretical, maybe what would have happened had Kennedy not been killed. Uh, I am not 100% uh, swayed that Kennedy would not have done the He was same. no pacifist. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% swayed that it would have been entirely different. It may have, yeah, who knows. But, um, uh, you know, things were certainly escalating throughout Kennedy's... <laughs> administration as well including yeah. the assassination of the president of south vietnam so <laughs> which kennedy uh supported so um yeah uh yeah any, anyways you that's, would, without sin if you unless you've assassinated or the assassination of president cast the first time yeah um so that that's choosing war that is fred logoval that's this week's book, book of, of the, the week, week. <laughs> <laughs> well um Another another great one uh, podcast that is not movie, but um, M- Matthew, if our if our loyal followers want to want to want to engage with us, where can they find us on the uh, on the interweb? Please hit us up at Napalm Podcast on the Twitter, and just say hi. Give us a follow on that. Give us a uh, nice nice strong. Very strong review on on iTunes or whatever you know. You very a very strongly reviewed review, and uh, do do all of that stuff, and I will be very happy. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we're we've got some we've got some good ideas, including a uh, a next one. Sadly, Troy will be doing his day job, but we're gonna go live. Live studio audience during oh the day my, no. in front of the class and oh record my. an episode. You excited, Troy, to listen to that one? Um, oh boy, that yeah, sounds like fun. And uh, this she, is this is our own mukwa, I think, coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, we are that, we are in for it. That, uh, that look forward look forward to that. And uh, yeah, for uh, Napalm in the morning, I've been uh, Doctor Jones. I've been Doctor Yeagle. and I'm Troy. All right, we'll see you next time. Oh. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Later. Sayonara, bitches. I bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hole. Cut the mustard. Good morning, Vietnam. You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.